Hey, hey, this is Mindful Mostly. It's a show for those of us who are mindful most of the time. It's all about lifestyle and wellness in the most down-to-earth way possible. I'm Andrea Collins. What an episode we have today. Holy smokes. In fact, we're breaking this one into two parts because it was so darn good and we just couldn't stop talking. On the show today, New York Times best-selling author and Intuist, Laura Day is on the show. Listen to this bio. It's going to blow your damn mind. She spent nearly four decades helping individuals, organizations, and companies harness and deliver their innate intuitive abilities to create profound change. Newsweek magazine calls her the $10,000 a month psychic. The Independent dubbed her as the psychic of Wall Street. A-list Hollywood stars and Wall Street executives praise her ability to predict future events, including the 2008 recession, with astounding accuracy. As Brad Pitt says, I believe in the gut and I believe in Laura Day. Laura's work has helped demystify intuition and bring it into the mainstream. In her workshops and presentations, she demonstrates the practical, verifiable, and sometimes astonishing uses of intuition in the fields of business, science, medicine, and personal growth. She has trained thousands of people and companies to use their brains, perceptions, and their sixth sense in effective ways to realize their goal. And like I mentioned, she's the author of six best-selling books. She's a New York Times bestseller. I'm sure you've heard or read one of these practical intuition, practical intuition in love, practical intuition in success, the circle. That was a big one. Nicole Kidman endorses that one. Crazy. Welcome to your crisis and how to rule the world from your couch. Um, you should hear her celebrity list of clients. It's, it's bonkers. We're going to get to that in the show and uh, fill you in. And what we're going to be talking about with her, you're going to learn how to trust your intuition, literally from the world's expert in this. Um, do you always trust a gut feeling? When do you know to follow those gut feelings and those pings? Also, what's happening there? You know, we really get into that. How do you trust your gut in business in order to grow big? What about in relationships, both romantic and non-romantic? Um, how do you recommend people change their lives in their sleep? This is something she specializes in too. And empowered, realistic thinking. This was such a great conversation and such a great episode, which today is sponsored by Seedlip the world's first distilled non-alcohol spirits. Whether you prefer the flavors of punchy citrus, aromatic spices, or savory herbs, Seedlip offers a sophisticated alternative to alcohol to enjoy any day of the week. I'm loving this stuff. It's beautiful. It is crafted by distilling globally sourced botanicals. Each of Seedlip's three variants, Spice 94, Garden 108, and Grow 42 are alcohol, calorie, and sugar-free. Simply top it with a splash of tonic or use it as the base for more sophisticated recipes. Seedlip makes crafting cocktails easy at home. You know, as we take on the new year, it's important to take a moment of pause for yourself to reflect and reset and refocus. 
and create space for yourself through those little rituals like winding down the evening with a delicious non-alcoholic cocktail delivered directly to the comfort and safety of your home via seedlipdrinks.com. And to celebrate the new year, this is sweet. Seedlip is offering listeners 10% off their first purchase on seedlipdrinks.com with the code MINDFUL10 at checkout. All right. Let's talk to New York Times best-selling author and Intuist, Laura Day. Joined by the one and only Laura Day. Hi, so happy to have you on the podcast. Thank you. So happy to be here. <laughs> now, we're talking about intuition today, and this is such um, an interesting topic because I feel like especially as women... Um, we suppress those intuitive pings that we get or when we, when we do have an incredible ability to, you know, we have this incredible intuition built within us from day one, but we suppress it as we move along in life and bury it down and don't listen to it. And, and I'm interested to know, how did trusting your intuition lead you to where you are today? And, and maybe you can tell us a bit about yourself and your story. Well, I didn't uh, trust my, I never use the word trust um, because I'm very evidence-based. In my early 20s, I was 21 years old, I saw uh, a TV show about experiments that were being done at the university level and military level on, on um, the extended capacities of the human mind. So our integral ab ability to move our attention in time and space and get actual verifiable information. So with the guts of a 21-year-old, I called up this program and I said, you know, you're talking about something that's really easy. And I went in and they did some preliminary experiments on me and I passed with flying colors and they kind of handed me around to different research programs on ESP, intuition, remote viewing, precognition, telepathy. And so I really came to it through science. I had no spiritual new age uh, base for it. I was kind of a math and science nerd growing up, but I was very aware that I often got information, for example, that hadn't happened yet that was verified. And it wasn't mystified for me because, you know, if you think back to, to being in your early 20s, you really have the sense that everybody, that A, you're a freak anyway, <laughs> and that everyone sees the world the way you did. So really the aha for me wasn't that I had these abilities, which are also disabilities. They made me very porous but that everyone else didn't realize they did. So my career, although it has been always based on mostly telling the future, but although my career was based on these abilities, my soapbox, my teaching, my goal is to uncover these abilities in everybody and to have them use it practically, you know, not to see a past life or, you know, but, but to deal with this one, get the information you need to have better investments, better health, better relationships. Cause this life is hard enough. When anyone says, Oh, do you read past lives? I'm like, what, you're not having enough trouble with this one. <laughs> <laughs> so when you, when you get these, I don't know what I should call them, what the proper terminology might be, but visions or, um, yeah. uh, 
predictions of the future, how do they come to you? Um, they come to me, well, I work mostly with, with large companies and they have, uh, they have questions and they, their questions tend to remain, you know, the same. What's happening to the market? Will there be an oil spill that will cause a, you know, they have things that they want to know about the future. And when there is a question, which uh, in intuitive logo, we call a target, I get a very strong sense through all of my senses. And then my goal is to place it in time. And then my goal is to make another question to see what they have to do now to deal with the future. Because the big mistake is that people, you know, people go to psychics and the psychic says, oh, you're never going to get married. And they mourn instead of saying, okay, psychic, if you're so brilliant, what do I need to do right now to change that? Because we are creating our lives. Now we don't have, you know, absolute control on what goes on outside our, our field of influence, but we do have often a lot of control over what side of the event we're on. If there's going to be a market crash, you can sell, you know, if, if, there's going to be a pandemic. You can create business that actually can thrive in the opportunities. You are the master of your life. And so with my businesses, my job is to predict the future. They have things they need to know. I either get intuitively what they need to know or they ask because businesses tend to have standard issues and questions. But with people, I I really use a technique that that it, that's my fourth book called the circle which is what is your goal and now let's engage intuition to create it yes we can predict but we need to change predictions that's what life is about your genetics predict a large part of who you'll be but there's still enough left over that you make that choice and i think it's all about engaging intuition for the individual to make choices and how do we in- engage in that how do we engage in that to make those choices? Well, the first thing is to realize that imagination and creative visualization and even neurosis, all of that is not intuition. It's based on past experience. Intuition is new data. Now, you're getting new data all the time, but because you often people don't know what their goals are, at, they discount data that comes through in non-traditional sources. So here's an example. Let's say you want to have a great relationship. You've only had awful ones. You want to have a great relationship. And that's your target. That's your goal. And you do all the same things you've been doing all along. You go to all the same places. You talk to all the same friends. And yet... You're, you're get by coincidence, you're noticing all of these groups that meet uh, of an interest of yours, let's say opera. And all of a sudden in your inbox, when you walk on the street, your subconscious is alerting you to these opportunities, but you ignore them. Whereas an intuitive process is you set a target and you notice what's different, what comes in from left field doesn't have to have angel wings, not while you're looking in a crystal ball, but in the course of your daily life. And when things come in that are incongruous, you look at them and you, you notice what action you might take to 
to expand on them. And it's really, um, there's a way also to program your sleep. You notice who comes in because really we live, people tend to isolate signs. You know, I saw a penny upside down while I was thinking of this, it's a bad sign. Your whole life is a sign. We live in a very integrated reality. So, so when you live your life that way, you'll notice that when you set a target, all of these thoughts and issues and emails come up and you'll say, oh, okay, what is this saying to me? And in that, simply awareness really allows you to do things differently. And it's been interesting during the pandemic because I've seen people go from, oh my God, what am I going to do? I wanted to go for a relationship, but now I'm isolated to, wow, I'm really having time to get to know people online where I wouldn't have had that time before. And I'm meet, I'm considering people, meeting people that normally I would have discounted or who would have discounted me. And wow, I'm forming this really deep relation. You know, they're, they're, uh, we're used to trying to make things linear, although nothing is. Mm-hmm. And intuition integrates the nonlinear to create your result. Mm. Wow. There's so much to think on in what you've just said for the past couple of minutes that I'm just like, I mean, it, it's in a way, it's so simple to wrap your brain around and yet so complicated. You talked about living in an integrated reality and that, you know, signs are part of our life. And when you mention those signs and those things that you look out for, a lot of people nowadays are calling it signs from the universe, you know, and that you're supposed to recognize those signs because it's the universe guiding your way. And um, would you say those are present Those are present every day in our lives, but we're we're blind to them if we're not keeping our eye out for them. We're not. Um. Yes, we're not blind to them. Our habits and our beliefs keep our reality in place. And in order to allow something new in your life, you need to challenge habits. And that's one way to develop intuition is to have a goal and then notice the little habits that get in the way of the goal and challenge them. And in challenging them, because intuition is a survival skill, your intuition will club you over the head, not settle, club you over the head with things you need to do differently. And I think that people tend to pathologize themselves. They say, oh, I'm getting anxious. Then ask yourself what you're anxious about and look at what you might want to do differently because anxiety is meant to be a quick sign to show you to do something else. Same with depression and anger. And I'm not talking about clinical states. I'm talking about those feelings that go through us. They're, they're, they're to alert us. I think people tend to, um, and I know I've made this word up, magicalize <laughs> the universe and intuition and life. And actually, we as human beings are well-developed pieces of machinery, and we live in a very mechanical universe. And if you take all the mystery out of it and just say, okay, there's some rules I don't understand, but let's see how they function. Let me try this on. And what do I mean by trying it on? I just want to give a quick A, B, and C for your listener. Have a goal. Notice when that goal comes up, 
what feelings, what memories, what people, what behaviors, all of a sudden come to the forefront. And then play with engaging differently, or in the terms of people, sometimes disengaging differently. Mm -hmm. As you do that, what you're doing is you're challenging your blinders. You're challenging those patterns. And that's actually not supposed to be easy, but your old patterns get you old results. New patterns get you new results. One reason companies hire me is because I'm not looking at the same data that their analysts are looking at. I'm looking at, here's the goal, and now what's coming out of left field that I'm noticing? And I don't try to make sense of it too early. I report it. If you set a goal, do that in your own life. Notice what's just coming in from left field and document it. And then after a few days, look at it. What you'll see is it forms a new roadmap for you to change your machine and how it integrates in a larger world. And there's nothing, you know, there's nothing magical about it. The universe, you know, yes, we live in a universe, but the universe isn't sending you signs. You are the alchemist. You are the person who creates. You don't control everything that happens to you. But if you have a goal, you will channel anything and everything into creating your goal. And I'm not just talking, you know, I suggest people start with one very tangible goal, like getting a better job or finding a wonderful partner to start a family with. But when you do that, what you're doing is you're resetting your entire psyche to integrate all of your goals into a new kind of life. And and that's what we're supposed to be doing. One thing is sure, other than death and taxes, is that you're always growing. Mm -hmm. And and what I try to encourage people to do with intuition is to choose that growth, be not be reactive, but be proactive and interactive, because we live so much of our lives in the past and in the future, but it's only in the present that you can make a change. So have a goal, document the things that you notice just in daily life, when you set that goal, use everything that happens as grist for the mill, as fodder to to really create and cushion and direct that goal and use your sleep. And that is so important. Before you go to sleep, go to sleep, write down, because the mind's a messy place. And one reason people don't see the genius precognitions that come from left field is that everything's a mess in there, and it's supposed to be. We're very complex beings. If you write down your goal or write down your intuitive question and then put it aside, especially before sleep, what you'll notice is the next day is full of answers. Hmm. You mentioned writing down an intuitive question, and so that might be you don't know your goal and you're saying, you know, can you guide me into making my next career choice? Is that the kind of question we would pose or the way we would What's my next, what's my next best career choice? Mm. Or, or, or who do I need to connect with to have a loving, wonderful relationship? Or, you know, it's, it is really more of a, of a demand. And the, on some level, We all know everything. We have a filter so we don't go crazy. When you you allow yourself to 
put your attention on something and place it outside of yourself by writing it down or drawing it, by making, by, by really making it something that you have some detachment from as opposed to just part of the mess, the wonderful, fabulous mess inside of you, then you'll find that the mechanics of knowledge come to you much more clearly. And not just intuition, your intellect works differently. Your subconscious works differently. You know, most of 95% of what we think of as our conscious decisions actually come from the subconscious. So once you make a goal conscious and you really continuously fold everything into that goal, what you're doing is you're making your behaviors conscious. And that is all kinds of good and also all kinds of difficult. You you learn to be uh, forgiving of yourself. Um, people always say to me, oh my goodness, you're so forgiving. And I'm like, no, it's that I, I know what it is to be another person. I understand that we are, we are all you know, we are all mixed bags and most of us are doing the best we can with it. Mm -hmm. How do you know which intuitions to follow or listen to and the ones you should ignore or should you just listen to all of it? You should not listen to all of it because sometimes your intuitions are just neuroses. Um, you know, if your intuition is saying that you should go after someone who's shown absolutely no interest in you ever and is married, it's probably something you should investigate a little more. What, what I train people to do is to document their intuitions. There's very little, unless it's a life and death situation, in which case your intuition often takes over your body and pushes you out of the way, doesn't let you get in the car, doesn't let you go on the plane, doesn't let you walk into the building, uh, doesn't let you go to the party. You know, It creates some diversion. But unless it's a life and death decision that has to be made immediately, where intuition does tend to shine, I will admit, the best thing to do is to write down what you notice and interpret as your intuitions, not your normal idea or thought process, but kind of out of the blue um, things that, that you notice. And what will happen is if you do this regularly, it will become, it will become a map. Um, and sometimes, you know, once you start training to issue intuition, you will wake up, you will bump into parts of yourself that just tell you what to do. Um, you know, one of the things I'm most known for is selling my all my portfolio before the crash, and I forget when it was, 08 or 09, I guess it was 08. I, and, and I woke up one morning and I thought, you know, not comfortable owning anything in the market anymore. I sold all my stocks. I called my broker, who's still my broker, sold all my stocks. And I said to my clients, this is what I've done since I would never give advice on something that is that I'm not trained in. I said, this is what I've done. And many of them did the same. Um, now, I had a clear feeling of discomfort. There was no real downside because, you know, you have to weigh every decision with a certain degree of self-preservation and logic. I'd made money in the market, selling there wasn't downside. My broker said, you're crazy, the market's gonna go up. I said, you know, 
I've made enough. I'm just not comfortable. And I did it. And it was a, a really good move. Um, and really good press came from it. Um, but, you know, I, you, what, you'll, what you notice when you begin to document your intuition is that things come up again and again that are safe to act on, where there's no real downside, or where when you weigh the downside and the upside, the upside is far greater. So, you know, if your intuition is telling you to leave your marriage, you may not want to do that because it may just be that you're having a bad month, but you, your intuition is a rich thing. So it may also say, huh, look into your joint holdings. Or it may say, huh, maybe you should finish that degree. You know, you'll begin to you'll begin to do things that prepare you in advance for something that ultimately is thrust upon you. Whoa, 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 what an episode. And like I said, this conversation that we've been having with New York Times bestselling author and Intuist Laura Day is broken into two parts. So you're going to hear more of this conversation next week when the episode comes out. Um, We're going to get into, you know, empowered, realistic thinking and how this can be a really effective strategy in changing your 2021. Um, So much more. We're going to talk about, you know, we're going to get really specific on intuition and examples of intuition that you should follow. Honestly, so much great advice. So make sure you are tuning in next episode. Okay. Part two of our conversation with Laura Day right here on Mindful Mostly.